0: Welcome, everybody, to PMP Weekly, episode 181. It is 3rd of October, 2022. It is last quarter of the year. <sighs> yes, it is. Spring is coming soon. It's Not okay. You, yeah, well, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Depending where in the world you are. That is so true. Yes, you're absolutely correct. So now, um, today, we'll have a Bert Janssen joining us. Uh, he is a senior engineer. I guess there were seniors. No, senior, I need to double check his title. (laughs) Uh,
1: Let me check, so his card says
0: senior service engineer. Service engineer, not a software engineer, But, but... Doesn't matter. An engineer who writes code for Microsoft, and Bert <laughs> is a well-known person in the community for .NET um, SDKs for the Microsoft 365. and talk about the latest on that. And there's some cool development-related on throttling and rate limits. So how can we handle uh, kind of a packing out uh, as the service is telling? No, no, no! You're requesting too much information. I can't handle. Uh, and then it's like, how do you do that in the future? So there's some adjustments on that, and a lot of other discussions as well. I guess let's not waste any time. Jump on the interview with Oh, Let's do PMP Weekly. we we'll talk about the latest on the Microsoft Traces. <laughs> system. My name is how You want it?
1: <laughs> Hashtag PMP Weekly. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> hey, everybody. My name is Valdik Masigash, and we're doing it so streamlined. We've been doing that for only four years already. I know Something years. like that. Yes. Anyways, you can just see. How long it takes for us to learn anything. Um, I am cloud true. developer with Microsoft for Microsoft 365. And as Vesa said, I'm going to talk to Bert about some exciting things around hmm, exciting things around throttling. Believe it or not, there are some <laughs> exciting things coming. <laughs> true, true, <laughs> and some other cool
0: features. Uh, what he's been working on uh, and updates. But let's jump on the interview uh, with Bert, and we'll come back on the articles right after that. Welcome Bert Janssen, uh, joining on the PMP Weekly episode 181. Um, uh, so you've been in the show a few times, uh, but it's been actually two and a half years since you've been in a show. So um, it's been a while. Um, we, we do catch up pretty much on a daily or weekly basis. But can you, can you talk about a bit uh, for those who do not know you? Who are you and what do you do for a living?
2: Yeah, I've been hiding under a rock for the last two and a half years, but now I'm back. (laughs) Uh, 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 But yeah, what I do for a living, I work for Microsoft uh, in the OneDrive and SharePoint customer engineering team, which is a team that, uh, as the name already mentioned, works with customers uh, and ISVs in particular. So in my case, I'm more working with the ISV side, uh, helping ISVs um, get actually the most out of the SharePoint and OneDrive experience, uh, because we tend to get questions from like, we want to achieve this particular scenario, and we think doing it this way. And then we said, like, yeah, maybe should you do it the other way around because that will be better or um, more future-proof and so on. So it's a bit of, of uh, helping, coaching those ISVs, and in parallel, that also means uh, if we give guidance, we need samples, we need documentation. That is then five P and P uh, um, delivered to everyone. We don't make yep. something exclusively for just our ISVs. Everything that we do, try to do is. We want to scale it and make it available for, for the whole world to, to consume. Uh, but so but that keeps him busy from the ISV side and then, as mentioned, PNP. Um, quite active in PNP still, uh, already a really long time from the early, early days. Um, yep. And um, the to focus today of currently is mainly around .NET. So uh, .NET uh, Core SDK, the new library and .NET Framework, uh, and modernization tooling, but mainly .NET. You don't see me that often doing <laughs> SPFx, <laughs> Not saying that I'm not good at that, hint, hint. But uh, uh, yeah,
0: but, but it's it's basically the questions and the scenarios with what you're addressing is more like a pack pack services than connecting yeah. to the SharePoint online and doing doing operations. Yep. So, so well. applications
2: have frontends and still have backends. So it is indeed backends. Just .NET is, I think, one of the main languages still for backends uh, today. Yep, at least yep. in the SharePoint yep. world.
0: Now, you, you mentioned something, PMP Core and PMP.NET libraries. What are those? Can you can I, uh, elaborate a bit for those who don't know? Why would somebody care about the PMP
2: Core library? Sure. Um, I want to maybe first give you a little bit of history back. Um, so, uh, when we start with PNP, we uh, built what we call extension methods in.NET. Like if you have a, a web object in some, you can then have additional methods on top of the web objects via adding a library to your project. That library was really successful, has been growing. Uh, I think, Vesta, you've been writing code there as well uh, in those days what? that you still wrote code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can testify, Vesta, actually, did write
1: code. Did, did it work?
2: I, I, I thought it forgot about that part, was foggy there, I but, uh, it. <laughs> uh, but. But yeah, so but th- that library um, evolved into PNP framework, um, which at that point, uh, we only support the online on the line we used to support on-premises versions we said like that's too much overhead too much hassle we do online only so that's pmp framework but still that was then the old library uh, built like seven years ago more or less so it's not really well well the structure wasn't optimal we wanted to improve things plus we wanted to also include graph calls and then provide um, our developers with a kind of a fluent api that Depending on the situation, use a SharePoint REST, uh, graph, uh, or even see some calls. And that's what PMP Core SDK is. It's our new library um, that we recommend folks to use, um, which provides the fluent uh, developer model and abstracts away the actual API calls that you need. So, user developer don't have to worry about, like, hey, should I do this with REST or with graph or what? You just use the uh, SDK and under the covers, we'll do the proper calls for you.
0: Yeah. And I think that one of the key points there is also to call out the the coolness of the abstraction layer, which is as we get more and more features and APIs in the Microsoft Graph, we can flip to use the Microsoft Graph behind the scenes without impacting the applications. So the applications we've been using CMP core, it's an abstraction layer and then it will optimize the calls to the API surface which is available, which is actually a pretty cool
2: concept. Yeah, that's the plan so we can indeed uh, another the of switched implementation and use the developer. Assuming you have the proper permission set if you only grant SharePoint permissions. to switch graph. But, but besides that, I think it will be seamless for you then, yeah. How successful
0: that has this library been? So is, are people using them? I know the question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the, I think the .NET libraries are the most used libraries that we have in the PNP space, um, yep. ranging up to 200,000 talents a month uh, using them. Uh, we're just, Massive thing. if we go back seven, eight years when we started this and we imagined 200,000 tenants a month using something that we, we built as open source, we just yep. say, what did you guys drink? That uh, <laughs> doesn't <it> make <laughs> any sense at all. <laughs>
1: uh, but, but actually, yeah. Aspirations, right? It's all it's, about this reality.
2: Uh, and the same with the volume of requests that is being made. I've, I have yeah. to check the numbers, but it's in the billions of requests each month via PNP components. And I, we're actually not even including everything, I think, because we just calculate where we have some level of seeing what happens, but uh, there's other things there that have even not included. So it's, it's, it's just massive. Yeah. And I think that if I remember correctly, from
0: June 2021 to June 2022, that's the fiscal year, we had more than one million tenants using the, the libraries. Yeah. Uh, Within 12 months, that's like mind-blowing. One million tenants.
2: Wow. It, it also also testify tells something about the size of the service. Like, true. true. It's 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 huge. Yep. It's just a massive service and
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's it's I think the one of the so so one of the of of course, let's say the reasons for this has been the fact that you and many others have been just evolving that library throughout the year. So you know, basically there's a new version gradually coming out. It used to be a monthly basis. now it's more. Infrequent or frequent uh, from mm-hmm. that, but having that consistency and improving plus the backward compatibility, which is still there, um, so which mm-hmm. is pretty mind blowing. Eight years with backward compatibility, not breaking yeah. up things. Yeah. That's we should, sell cool. that, we should sell that ID to some other companies.
2: But there, there's some good ideas in here. There's some <laughs> good learnings. So <laughs> yeah, but it's, I think it's, it's also thanks to the community. Uh, yeah. In the end, most of what I do is just mainly merging work from other people. Uh, it's not yep. that I'm writing all the code myself. Uh, so it's, a lot of people still uh, contribute PR to PNP framework and PNP cross decay, and, and that's how it, it keeps evolving. And thanks, we'd yep. so like to thank you. Thank everyone in the community for doing that. Yep. And always, I think it take, like, we're done. We have the feature complete, but <laughs> that's a dream that I gave up whenever Feature Complete, <laughs> whenever yeah, <yeah>, yeah. there's <laughs> always something else, something new something but it, better.
0: Uh, but it's actually pretty cool that there are hundreds of hundreds of people who've been contributing and being active or involved in this open source project. It's pretty mind-blowing actually how wild, uh, how the length and then also the scale and then the amount of contributions uh, which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh,
2: and, and we can even, we want more, meaning if, if you're interested in uh, contributing if you're like uh, if you really appreciate .NET uh, and you like writing .NET .NET code, meaning there's opportunities for you. Uh, we can help you get started there with uh, different types of, of, of things to do. Um, but so just feel free to reach out and uh, I, get, I can help you get started in, in uh, contributing .NET PRs. Yep.
1: Are there, are there any areas into which you want to expand? Like I don't know. Workloads or types of operations or anything? Um,
2: one area that is still expanding a bit is our admin component. So we have an admin library uh, that, that you can separately kind of download and use. You don't have to use it, but if you want. So in that area, I still needs some further kind of growth. Um, also, the team side. So we mainly support SharePoint and Teams because they're. No, it is really close together and the covers yep. both to work really well together. And, and from the SDK perspective, I also want to have like a seamless experience. You don't have to think about Teams or SharePoint. You just use our features and our functionality. So, but on the Teams side, we have the basics, but also there is some room for adding more advanced capabilities in, and wrapping those in, in in the SDK. So that could be nice areas to to uh, work on. Uh, one other area is modernization that's maybe more than think we still have to finalize that work there, uh, kind of porting the, the, the modernization code over from PMP framework to course the Almost there, but we need to take the last
0: step to get it finalized. Now, on, on that one, what does the modernization actually mean?
2: Yeah, good question actually, because I'm just talking about modernization, like everyone in the world knows <laughs> about know. that. <laughs> yes. um, modernization uh, is a short name for actually what we call uh, page transformation, which is technology that uh, reads old pages, and old being uh, uh, classic wiki pages, publishing pages, blog pages, uh, even um, web part pages, all the classic page types that SharePoint has and, ha- uh, had and has, they can be converted to a modern page, for a regular page, we, do, we should stop calling it modern page, to a yeah, normal it's, it's no page that you would modern, get, so. if you create a communication <laughs> site, you add a page,
1: that's... A temporary so, page right
2: yeah <laughs> so,
1: so it's and, not a modernization engine it's a content contemporization engine yeah.
2: Contempor- something <laughs> like that
1: but <laughs> it, it is really being used meaning uh,
2: um, we had we have between one hundred and two hundred thousand and page transformations a month um, which hmm. is a lot uh, so there's in the millions of pages that have been created uh, using this and actually uh, Volume-wise, is also people are really using those pages. They're not just creating them; they're being used as well. So uh, we can have some some measures there to see that, like it also goes up to the 600,000, 700,000 page loads a day from those pages. So it's it's, it's nicely used, and and um, I think it's it's important for customers that they uh, think about this. Um, yep. I know we know classic is there and classic pages are there, but it's kind of it annoys me a little bit if you have a nice modern site, everything looks modern, and then you click on a particular page, and boom, you're back in Classy because that happens to be a wiki page. Yeah, and that's for us- your users. That's kind of not good because they have to the context switch. Maybe people are trained on modern UI, they don't know any the classic UI, but then they're just brought back to a, to the classic UI by clicking on the link that points to an old page. And that's yeah. It yeah. And, it and is in any way anyway change it.
0: So we need to make, uh, make a, a clear statement. And for now, the Classic is still supported to SharePoint Classic Experiences is it's, supported, but we absolutely want every single customer to use modern experiences. And of course, this modernization framework is there to help with that transition um, over from, from the Classic to the modern. Of course, if you're a new customer, you would be like, what is that Classic? page yeah. again? I don't, well, what, is, what is that? What yeah. what is this? <laughs> <laughs> if you are new, don't worry about this. You should be good. Yeah, and but I I would say one of the cool things is also the fact that you can translate and migrate and transform from on premises to the cloud. Can you talk about that bit? That's that's something that Paul Bollock actually worked on, right?
2: That's something that Paul uh, kickstarted because uh, uh, I initially created the original framework for online to online. Yeah. And then Paul said, yeah, but I have customers and having SharePoint on prem. And we do something similar. Uh, so then we started working on that and then uh, pulled a lot of contributions there. Uh, but in short, what does it do? Uh, it enables you to connect to your SharePoint 2013, 2016, 2019 on premises environments and read the classic page, being a wiki page or a publishing page, um, and then create an equivalent modern page in SharePoint Online in the communication side, for example. Yeah. And we actually do see that a lot uh, for publishing portals um, because people and you have a publishing portal on-prem, you can either migrate it as classic publishing portal on it Online, There's migration tools doing that, but then you still have a classic portal online. Yeah. and It doesn't yes. benefit from all the optimizations, it's less performing, and so on and so on. So not really a, a good state. If you do the work and do the change management with your users, because they have to move things around, things will change anyhow. Why not just uh, think about, let's think about a new information architecture, create it, uh, and then Modernize the pages in one go. Uh, You read the classic page, you create a modern page over there, Um, and this is perfectly possible with the the page transformation. Now,
0: some of the newer stuff what you've been working on is is actually really interesting as well. I, I like the fact that the, the Bert is always focusing on on solving these real business scenarios like modernization or creating pages and all of that but then uh, you've been working on the on the scanner technology and then there's something coming with the headers. Can you talk about a bit on on what are you working on and, yeah. and what the Benefits for the ISVS and customers would be, or partners and customers.
2: Absolutely. Let's start with uh, the scanner thing that you mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, it's not well, it's not called scanner anymore. It's, well, nowadays we, we have a product which we call the Max 365 Assessment Tool, which is um, a framework in which there's different modules, um, assessment modules. Uh, there's currently we have two assessment modules there, one for syntax and one for workflow. So the syntax module. Allows you to uh, assess how well will syntax, how much value will syntax add to my tenant. Uh, it will analyze your tenant. It, it will find libraries where there's like a ton of files or a ton of folders, uh, libraries which are really wide. So if you have like a library with 15 columns or 20 columns or more, yeah, maybe your user isn't really happy to fill those method, that, that metadata. Maybe with syntax, you can build a model behind. User uploads the file and The model pre-populates majority of the metadata, for example. Yep. Right. So that's a use case. Um, or certain file types. If you have, uh, if you have a document templates in there, Word document templates, for example, you might be automating uh, document generation. Syntax. We have features there as well. So it tries to uh, kind of give the business people a view on what places in my tenant, which sites, which libraries uh, are complex and, and using Syntax will definitely provide a value add. Um, yeah. That's one module and all of this is free to use open source. So you can just pull it down and uh, start using it. Um, we don't have a to paste links, right? We don't do that here. But, uh, um, yeah, we'll, like we'll, like we'll it. add it on the plug. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, good. good. Uh, the other module is um, around Workflow 2013. Um, so uh, A while ago, we deprecated Workflow 2010. Back then, there was a separate module in the, the what we call the monetization scanner, the old tool, the predecessor of, of this one. And now there's a workflow module in the Microsoft 365 Assessment Tool, which does uh, something uh, similar. It just yeah. gets your workflows and spits out a nice Power BI report that you can use to analyze your usage of workflow 2013. Which you can also easily upload to your Power BI service, share it with, with teams in your organization, and so on. Um, we're not uh, deprecating a retiring work for 2013 at this point in time, but um, but sooner or later, it's we mentioned uh, that indeed that's something we are considering, uh, yeah. So uh, that's why we already it's, pushed out the tool, so give folks yeah. plenty of time to do a uh, ready.
0: It is. It is now 2022, and we're talking about workflow 2013. It's nine years between those terms, and workflow 2013 was introduced 2022. So it's now been a decade from introducing this technology. Uh, so it's inevitable. Yeah, it just
1: works. It still works. It still info, works. But, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. but it's inevitable sooner or later. Uh, we need to move forward to a more modern or more cloud-friendly technology. So
2: absolutely. I that's, that's key for I, also reminds, reminds me of the story like uh, once you're on the line you're evergreen once you're on the cloud you're evergreen you always get the latest and the greatest <laughs> <laughs> and and that's true you need to do less effort but you still need to do some effort to, to yeah. benefit from latest and the greatest and, and, and yeah. staying on track with, with deprecations and and just doing the work to get move off on a timely basis and not, don't have like a an alarm at the very end because then you need to find budget, find people, find whatever to, to get things done. So, better yep. than being up front, do it uh, right away, and then you're safe. Yep. Yeah. Um, the other uh, work, one of the other things I'm doing currently is just, um, uh, helping around throttling. Now, a bit of context there in my day to day job, uh, we talk with a lot of ISVs. And throttling is a key problem that ISVs have. A key set of questions they have around: My application gets throttled. Microsoft, what can I do about that? Well, How I, can I disable I throttling? How can I disable? Yeah. Yes. Can you yes. go How in the service uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, change something for me, and then I'm, yes, I'm good exactly. again?
0: For, just for uh, next week, can you yeah. disable the throttling yeah. for me,
2: just for next week? So. And at <laughs> a certain point, that question, those questions. Made sense because we we were learning, but that's already a long time ago. Nowadays it's a fully automated machine and, and you can't simply uh, make exceptions anymore. Um so point is application when it uh, does too many requests it gets throttled. Um, why does it get throttled? It gets throttled to save the service, meaning uh, you're not alone in the tenant. Uh, there's like a, you already you mentioned millions of tenants using PNP, yeah, one million yeah, over the last yep. uh, year so there's a ton of tenants in the same tenant that you, uh, same infrastructure that you are as a tenant, as uh, and we need to have a fair usage policy, and, and one tenant cannot jeopardize the stability and the performance from the other one. So it's kind of a balancing Safety system. measure. Safety yep. measure. Everyone has it. I think every cloud provider has it built in. Otherwise, it's yeah, you, you, will, you will have issues. So. You Anyhow, mean
0: that there's uh, no infinite scaling cloud? What is this? What Somebody lied to me. What? what?
2: <laughs> it's another one. So we had the evergreen cloud, the infinite scaling cloud. Okay. Yep. That was a good, good, good session. We'll come to it. Uh, <laughs> In 2035, maybe. We'll <laughs> <be>. <laughs> but uh, when you share um, on the line, um, depending on the size of your tenant, so the number mm. of licenses that you have, you get a number of resource units per time window. Example, if you have a small tenant, uh, like a developer tenant, uh, anything anything under the 1000 users, if I'm not mistaken, you will get uh, 1200 resource units per minute, which means you can consume those. If you go above that threshold in a one-minute time frame, you get throttled. Um, Now we talk about resource units, not about requests. And there's a, an, a reason for that um, one reason is that the request a is very simple for us request b is very complex so there's a different yep. cost internally the other reason is that uh, if there's a graph uh, equivalent uh, versus sesum or rest call um, we want you to use the graph equivalent because that will be more efficient when it comes to throttling um, so to factor in all of these different elements uh, we don't talk about requests but about resource units so you hit your resource, resource unit limit, then you get throttled. Now that leads us to the the new thing, which are the rate limit headers. So previously you got throttled, you got your four to nine. It will say like retry after 50 seconds. Okay, yep. you, just have to, you wait 50 seconds, you retry again, and you're good to go. Um, but that's not ideal because uh, you don't want to get throttled because you have those long delays in your application. Um, And with the rate limit headers, uh, what we'll do is when you're at 80% of your quota, you will get a return header, response header saying, like, hey, you have 1,200 units quota, you consumed 1,000, so you have 200 left. And that information, you can use it uh, or not, but it will be automatically provided to you. Um, But you can use that to uh, say, like, hey, I'm about to get throttled. Yeah, let's kind of
1: delay let's a little bit. Off. Let's
2: yeah. back off a little bit, uh, and actually in the in the headers, it also in the in the rate limit headers is also like saying like back off like so many seconds. These are smaller oh. back offs, like between one and ten seconds typically. So at that point, you just say okay, let's back off, uh, and then you have a short delay, and then you continue again, which then enables you to just stay below the throttling yep. line. Yep, and as a End result is that you have a more smoother throughput, um, and in the end also higher throughput in the same time window. Right. And I think that's the benefit. So You don't want the application to be throttled because uh, you get those long delays, things just block, stop. Yep. Um, and With this, you keep on moving along. You might have a little bit of kind of slow down, and then you again pick up and then again, a little slow down if you get to rate limit headers, if you're closing, but you can balance it out and avoid getting throttled altogether. And yep. the sample I'm actually working on right away, right now, is, uh, allows you to play around and test that. So you can say, like, okay, let's test with rate limit on. It will send graph, uh, rest, and see some calls to SharePoint. And then you'll see how it behaves and how it starts to slow down. And then you can say, like, okay, no, let's turn off rate limit headers. Let's just use throttling. And you see the same behavior. Um, and then you can compare things. The sample will have some graphs showing, like, okay, what's the throughput? with rate limit headers and what without, then you can yeah. really see what I'm talking about, kind of those, uh, you get throttled, you have a full stop, then you go again, full stop. And with rate limit headers, you have more like a kind of curvy line, but less, no full stops
1: anymore. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. So will these, so two things, right? So. Are the limits coming on headers? Are they coming on graph or SharePoint APIs? Which of these two? And two, you mentioned that there is a sample that you will be able to use to test it. So, meaning there is a way for folks to force the response so that they can see exactly what's coming back from the service? Um, that's first question. Um, graph sees some rest. It applies
2: to all of them. So, throttling okay. rules apply to all calls, and also the rate limit headers apply to every call. So you get them back via CSOM, uh, REST, and graph. For CSOM, you have to do some, I wouldn't call it trick, but it's a bit more complicated currently to get to the uh, response headers in CSOM, right. because it's like a closed framework. Uh, we're looking into making that easier, but there is a workaround, which I, I will show in the sample when I, once it ships. Um, mm-hmm. um, so that was question one and question to us mm-hmm. how you can test that or how you
1: can see that. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because because you mentioned a sample, right? That, that folks can use this to see the difference. So I would expect there is a way for them to force service or the APIs to respond back with these headers. Right? Yeah. So th- there is
2: no, like, uh, used to be in the, in the with plotling you can specify a certain uh, URL parameters parameter. And, and, yep. and then it will.
1: 429 true, I guess that was something yeah, like that. Yeah.
2: We don't have that here. Uh, so, but what we, uh, what I do now in the sample is uh, just uh, hit, hit the system. Hammer the <laughs> service. No. Hammer the service. <laughs> no, but, but really, it's not, not not really that complicated to get throttled, in it. especially in developer tenant. Um, if you do five parallel threads, continuously hammering SharePoint, you you will get throttled in less than a minute. So, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Meaning. You're not hurting SharePoint because we throttle you, you if you do too much. So, yep. It's, it's yep. It's fine. So you can easily. That's why the throttling is there,
0: so it yeah. doesn't
2: harm the other tenants. So. But yeah. uh, one thing to note is only application permissions. So, you, if, you create, if you use delegate permissions, you don't get us rate limit headers. They only apply to application permission scenarios. Uh, so, also. in your test, you have to configure that properly.
0: That's actually really cool. So, so where will we see this in practice? Is it is are we rolling out things? Are you you're, you're going to provide samples? Um, mm-hmm. Is it going to be then taken care of in core SDK or what's going to have
1: a question thing? Yeah. So you're uh, PowerShell Core framework, BMPJS CLI, yeah. step, so, step, submitting step, PR, do all these things, right? Yep.
2: Eventually, yes. So there is a the first resource is the SharePoint online throttling document uh, guidance. We yeah. uh, reviewed that. We've, uh, that has been kind of reworked uh, that talks about the, the limits and, and the quota that you have. So that's a theory. Yeah. Then um, the rate limit support is built on PNP Core SDK already today, optionally. So you have to turn it on yourself if you want to use it, uh, but you can turn yeah. it on. You can have a look at the code there. That code served as a basis for the example that I'm working on. It's not not yet published, but I think it will happen fairly soon. Doing some internal stakeholder reviews uh, uh, on it, but uh, once that's done, uh, I will ship it. So maybe this week, maybe next week, but fairly soon. Also, um, at the European SharePoint conference in end of November, early December uh, in Copenhagen, I'm I'm, I'm having a session about um, develop about APIs in general, like and throttling is one of the areas that I cover in the session. So if you want to yep. learn more uh, or have specific questions about throttling and you happen to be in Copenhagen, feel free to uh, jump in and ask questions. Yeah. yeah. Seems to hear a lot of people think- will be in Copenhagen. Which is really cool. Yeah,
1: anyway. nice. Looking forward to it. Um, another thing I wanted to ask, and that is more of a philosophical question, right? Because you mentioned the headers and you mentioned that they kind of suggest you back off. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine that call is, like imagine that you have a hundred resources left, and you have within the second ten seconds second time frame to reset the counter. Mm-hmm. If I have five calls left, I might have just as well just go through them and and be done. If I have hundreds of call calls left, I would want to wait, right? So, to what extent decision whether to slow down or not can be made in the SDK versus it's the job of the the dev who actually builds the app, who has the context of the full pipe go, going on, mm. that it's really on them to make the call whether they slow down or or not. Yeah, that, that's, that's a
2: good remark and, and good observation because indeed, uh, to what extent do you need to, uh, when do you need to actually slow down and when can you continue and, and where do you draw the line? And that depends a bit on your application. Like, uh, when I ex- built the sample and experimented with it, if you do like 10 or 20 parallel threads, you need to have a bigger buffer because SharePoint will say, like, okay, you're about, you're at 10% or 20%. But if you have 20 or 30 parallel threads hammering, you already sent another 30 requests in before you get the process, yeah. the, the answer. So okay. and then you, and you'll get throttled. So you have to. Balance it a little bit. And for that, the sample implementation that we have um, works with um, a limit. So, as already mentioned, as of 80% consumption, SharePoint will give you the, lim- the header, saying, like, you consumed 80%, uh, be careful. Now, in the sample, you can say, like, okay, only if I'm about t- a 10% or 5% or 50%, you choose the percentage, only then I will uh, kind of uh, apply the rate limit headers. Otherwise, I just keep going. So if you have a single thread application, or just two threads, you might put it at 5%, meaning that's good enough for that case. If you have 10, ten threads, you might want to have it at 20%, otherwise you still get throttled. So you have to, as a developer, play around a little bit and balance it out. Uh, that's, uh, that's how it works, because you have, if you have all those parallel requests going on, you don't want to send everything to one pipe and then determine there, uh, Maybe there are different patterns. Yes. I took something which is fairly simple to, to, uh, to explain and show the purpose without getting too overly complicated. Pretty sure there's more other patterns available there as well. Uh, yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, now we're starting to hit the timing. Uh, what else? Well, what's going to do after limit. This? Rate limit. So, <laughs> <laughs> rate limit. We're hitting the rate limits. Exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> so sorry. Sorry. <laughs> What, what's going to happen next? What what else is happening? Um, uh, on the Well, let's do it this way. Um, we'll come back on the next week's thing after this question. So what's going to happen after rate-levy things? Um, what are the things on your mind? And how, how are you spending
2: your day after that? Um, well, we have the usual uh, talking to ISVs and customers yep. uh, that stays. But um, one area I'm also kind of quite passionate about is, is monetization, And for that, um, we... We have tools already out. We talked about the modernization framework, about patient transformation. Uh, there is some guidance scattered around, uh, around how to uh, modernize, how to make classic things modern. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, in my view, that the tools and the guidance is not optimized enough, not good enough. So um, I'm currently preparing to uh, write a new module in the Microsoft 65 assessment tool um, that will detect all classic usage in your tenant and will kind of give you like a scoring model. So you say like, yeah, you're, you're at 80%, 85% modern, then you can drill down in different areas of classic usage. Um, so the idea is giving you like a score, how good are you doing on, on being modern? Yep. Uh, but also combined with actionable guidance, giving you a score saying, yeah, I mean, this is not, not really modern, Without giving you the means to uh, take the next step, that would be uh, not, not good. So, we try to combine both, um, like giving you more detailed insight on, on classic usage uh, and then actionable guidance on moving, to, to, uh, moving that classic usage into modern usage. Um, and that's currently in the spec phase, so it's written down, uh, not yet coded. But uh, I think that's uh, next step is just kind of finalizing the spec feedback uh, and then starting to write work on that. Cool. Oh cool,
0: cool. Now, before we close, anything interesting happening this week? Let's do a round table.
1: Let's start with Waldeck. Waldeck, what are you doing this week? Woo! Uh, celebrate the release of uh, CLI for M365. Last Friday we had a release and our version um five point eight. 8. <laughs> yeah. We're hearing we will we plan to have another one in October, five point nine, and then we move to V six on which for which we will we've been working on Half a year or so. So, in our major sixth year, I think, into the CLI, uh, we break some things, unfortunately. But again, like that, that that's just the price you pay for building something over time and learning as you go, and then basically adapting, trying to make a tool as useful and meaningful as you can, while yep. keeping it also so manageable, right? So we're we're working on that. Other than that, internally, let me think there are some, there there is some internal work coming. Um, so I cannot share anything about it just yet, but I hope that I'll be able to tell you more about soon. Um, and then another thing is I will pass over to you, Vesa.
0: I'm watching my calendar. Uh, today seems like somebody played Tetris on my, my calendar. It's just You're wild. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were one of them, that is Deep absolutely ragged.
1: true. Defrag
0: <laughs> your <laughs> calendar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, so uh, we're looking into doing uh, updated release on the on the Microsoft Viva Toolkit, which is an open source uh, community-driven tooling. Most likely we'll wait actually after the Ignite, so because Ignite is on 10th is it 11th to 13th? So not this week, next week, um, but getting stuff prepared for that one because the the VY, is, is the, the adoption of VY is actually going off the roof right now, and there's a lot of questions about extensibility. So we're looking into having a bit of a tooling there, uh, first as a community open source tooling, and then we'll get it integrated, most likely to the Teams toolkit. Whenever the Teams toolkit, Will get renamed to something else. Maybe we'll see. So, because Viva is not about teams, or maybe it is, or maybe it isn't. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. The naming is always so confusing. Straightforward. <laughs> yes, <laughs> super straightforward. Other than that, a lot of catching up and, and uh, baseline services and community calls and all of that. So, which which are going really well. But I, I guess that's the main thing. Uh, a lot of lot of guidance in the pipeline as well. Bert, what, what are you gonna do this week? Anything interesting?
2: Uh, so things already talked about. I think we did the, the sample, the throttling work is, is key priority this week, and a bit of off-topic. Weather will be good this week, so I'll do a couple bike of bike rides. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you have to uh, balance uh, things, right? So that's also priority. Uh, uh, because, I would uh, say so it's get is autumn. It can start to rain <laughs> the week after, and then it's
1: awesome.
0: yeah, Exactly. So that's the problem. At least the, the skating doesn't. You can't do that on a, a wet tarmac. Uh, it's just impossible because it gets super. Uh, well, it's it's really dangerous. So you need wets uh, or
1: intermediate.
0: The, I, I do have those as well, but it's not as fun. So it's, it's closing into the season, unfortunately. It under was, your butt. Yeah, well, that's that's one thing what I definitely need. So that's why I'm looking into biking right now as well
2: because I, yeah, it's I cannot fall anymore. To, well, too many yeah. hits. Biking is safer, but I wouldn't. I well,
0: the yeah, it's, it's not that,
1: always safe. That's. That's yeah. true
0: as well. You need to be careful with biking as well, but it's a bit more safer than it's skating. It's definitely sure. safer. <laughs> well,
1: I just yeah re- recall somebody from our close group breaking back last year. Yep. So no, That's... I wouldn't say safe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Anyway, but um, thank you, Bert, for joining, and and thank on you the by the way. On oh, the note, on the and thank you, Bert you for mind. providing a great insights on the on the selecting a good bike. Um, we've been having that discussion on the side as well. So <laughs> those who do not know, Bert is really actually a professional biker. Biker, right? So almost
2: professional. Yeah, yeah. almost
1: uh, pro. Almost pro. Yeah, yeah. Almost pro. Go w- bro. wishing I was almost pro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but
0: thank you, Bert, for joining. Uh, and then we'll jump next to the weekly articles together with Waldeck. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. thank you, Bert. Thanks for having me. Anyway, so, so well, let's actually thank you, Bert, on the interview. <laughs> that, that was that was good. Uh, and let's let's jump on the weekly articles um, uh, to cover what has happened within the last week. So we'll start uh, with uh, a, a blog post uh, in the Microsoft Teams blog, which is once again the great monthly summary, and this time from Holly Lehman. Uh, she is a, a in the product marketing of Microsoft Teams, um, and basically summarizing what's new in the Microsoft Teams within August and September. So really cool list of all of the great features and the quick demos on a lot of them as well. These are really really valuable for end users and administrators and developers and everybody to stay up to date on all of the great, great, great stuff what we keep on pushing on the Microsoft Teams. So really, really, thank you, Holly, on on uh, sending this.
1: Oh my, this is long, <laughs> Jesus! <Jeez>. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which only proves, right, the amount of investments that we're doing in Microsoft Teams yes. to improve it for everybody.
0: Yes, absolutely. Every single month, new features uh, rolling out. So it's just really, really cool. Uh, so. Now the second article was from
1: Mark Cashman around Microsoft Ignite. Um, exactly as we're recording this, Ignite, Microsoft Ignite 2022 is just one week away. So for this week, uh, Mark shares with us a guide. Basically, what sessions are there around? Can you up a little, around Viva, Syntax, SharePoint, OneDrive, Lists, Stream, Project, and more. So this is like really nice reference post to have. When you get to your session planner and you want to find things that you might find interesting. Yep, really, really cool summaries. A lot of, lot of sessions in
0: Ignite again, uh, and a lot of great updates across the, the whole Microsoft 365 service stack from the, from the end users to administrators to developers. So really, really cool stuff. Now, uh, we also had a great blog post from Carrie Trinder. Uh, he's a cloud advocate, actually Wildex uh, teammate and uh, colleague um, on building a stock update notification bot for Microsoft Teams using the Teams Toolkit from Visual Studio Code. Um, so we really like focusing on, on telling the storyline around the value of what Microsoft Teams Toolkit is providing. Um, and this is one of those uh, blog posts as part of that series. So how would you actually get started on building that first bot, which is then providing additional information using Adaptive cards? technology for showing the messages so a lot of of great uh, insights and steps uh, walking through how would we do this kind of a scenario so super super useful stuff thank you Gary on that next one we had an update related on Microsoft Teams apps coming to preview in Office and Outlook apps in Android
1: a lot of information to exactly exactly right so a while back already we talked about Microsoft Teams apps coming to Office and Outlook and the idea is Build once and expose the same app to multiple hubs. Basically, bring apps where people are. Now, apparently, there is new preview where you can expose these apps on Android too.? Right, So it's just not you know on the web or a desktop, but also on Android. So if you're interested in the use case, that is yet another platform that you can now use with your existing investments to ensure that the apps you build for teams will reach even more people.
0: Really, really cool. Cool to see the continuous investments in this area as well. So awesome, awesome stuff. Now on Power Platform side, we had a Power Platform developer tools monthly release update, uh, August, August refresh, sent on September 26th. But it's kind of a, recapture of all of the new features which are coming out. Uh, so what's in preview, what has been rolling out and what are the capabilities which are available in the Power, Power Platform tooling as well. And it's the uh, same applies here. A lot of new capabilities rolling out um, on a monthly basis. So thank you Karthik uh, for that one. Now, can we uh, talking about your team colleagues, uh, Ike Bash?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I need to learn. Yes, we haven't (laughs) haven't stood still, right? So here's another article and another scenario, right, that shows what kind of things can you build on Microsoft Cloud? And we're saying on Microsoft Cloud because this spans Microsoft 365, serverless, Azure. So it's multiple technologies coming together into an app that you reasonably speaking might build for your work. And in this case, you will learn about how you can automate the onboarding experience of new employees. If you're interested in this case, check out the article because the the app you can build is really cool and you can do it pretty fast. Yep,
0: really cool. Thank you, Aisha, on that one. Now, you probably want to talk about this one as well. We mentioned this in of the course.
1: discussion with Bert. Of course. When it comes to CLI from Microsoft 365, I want to talk about it. Every single time I get the chance to, and there is anybody <laughs> yes. to listen. Yes. So with CLI for Microsoft 365, it's an, it's an open-source cross-platform, cross-shell command line tool that you can use to manage Microsoft 365 and SharePoint framework objects. Just past Friday as we're recording that, we released new version and there are quite a few cool new things that are a part of version 5.8 that we shipped, amongst which is the ability to execute a request to any API you might want to call. You might ask why. Well, because for one, we don't have the coverage of every single API that there is on Microsoft Cloud. And we're saying specifically again Microsoft Cloud, because that might include your custom APIs, right? As long as you have, or as long as CLI is able to access that API you granted the access to, it will automatically get for you the token, do the auth so that you don't need to do it by yourself. And you can just call the API and get back a response. So this is a pretty cool thing, kind of like curl. You know the the command line tool that you can use yep. to call any API, but then without you having to fiddling with auth, so yep. it saves you a lot of time, uh, like bunch of time, right? And then there are some other improvements around permissions, OneNote notebooks, sending emails, and much, 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 much more. So again, give it a try, and again, huge thanks to everybody who helped us bring this version to life.
0: Really, really, cost cool of uh, continuous involvement in here as well. Now, community contributions, community-led uh, projects. Uh, Adam Wojciech. Um, Adam always um, he keeps on hiding on this. Just item IT term, so it's like <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> also in Twitter. But he has created two really cool uh, VS Code extensions, and this one was explicitly called out by a few people uh, in the Twitter as well. So BMP PowerShell extension which helps on actually accessing a script sample gallery directly, so you can actually find relevant samples for you to use, and then also documentation integration for easy access on the BMP PowerShell command. Like same by the way applies for CLI Trees. Five. So right. Wojciech has done the same for both of things. So really, really cool extensions uh, for the Visual Studio Code. So awesome stuff. Now, we also wanted to raise this one. So this one is from Prasham uh, Sabardhra, Sabard, uh, pronunciation. Uh, not probably quite there, but this one is kind of a cool thing. Just to call out as a small tip and a trick, also in the it's probably probably hashtagged in the Twitter, so we found it on how to check available licenses in your tenant. So basically, understanding what are the license situation, what are the last date when the licenses are valid, how many licenses are being used, and where is this information in the admin. As a developer, it's good to know and and understand. The expiration situation of the tenant potential and all of that. So really, really cool stuff as well. And he walks through where to access that information and how to export that in Excel.
1: Then we had two articles from Mark Anderson. Yes. In this article, he talks about different types of managed properties in search schema in SharePoint online, right? So you, like if you work with search. You might know about the refinable date, or refinable string, and so forth, and so on. And Apparently, there are a few variations of the refinable string managed properties that you can use when you work with search. So check out the article if you want to know more, because these new columns come with new abilities that you might uh, use in your apps. Really cool stuff. Um, also, Mark had a
0: new uh, article related on creating custom content types for stream in SharePoint, and this is really talking about the fact that, as we have the baseline stream uh, object uh, for the video, um, you can basically extend that and include additional metadata uh, on the video object as well, which is really really cool. Um, using the the normal content type inheritance model, um, and Mark, uh, who is actually the Mark is talking to Mark, and Mark is the, the Mark Yep, uh, he is the the product manager of the stream. So he can basically confirm from Microsoft that you can actually do this, and you can inherit things and make things even more efficient. Really, really cool stuff. Then we had an article uh, from uh, Daniel and Daryl related on collaborating Teams meeting with Dexel Live. Yeah, I think there was actually. Is that a video or a webcast? It is a video. Yes, I webcast. Wait. It's the, yes, the, exactly. the message center show episode.
1: I where's the episode number. Two five five. Two five five. There, there. We go. exactly. Yes, I'm flying exactly right. <laughs> uh, and in this episode, they talk about Excel live in Teams meetings. Right. So imagine you have Excel sheet and you want to work with it during a meeting. They talk about how does it work and so forth and so on. So check it out if you use Excel for work, because you might just found out about a more efficient way to use it in your um, meetings on Teams. Yep. and One thing to call out also
0: that there's a highlights on the Microsoft Viva digital event from September 20, uh, September 22nd. Uh, that was the event where we introduced a lot of the new Viva capabilities and talks about that as well. So Some of them are oh, yeah. now announced, not yet released, so there's quite a big difference on that. So they're not yet available, they're coming. So. Yeah. Then we have two uh, videos, uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Connell from uh, the Voitanos had a great video related on uh, the huge changes in the MS600 exam in August 2022 update. So there's quite a lot of changes and prioritization on what that exam is covering uh, already available. So if you take the exam, um, this is a great video to have a look on. Uh, is, is calling out the big differences where you should be focusing on and, and how do you prep uh, for that certification. And then the last one uh, was with uh, Paolo related on managing document set versions history with Microsoft Graph. I was not aware that this is possible. So
1: today you learned. There you go. Today, today I learned. learned how yes. to use Microsoft Absolutely. Graph to manage document sets version history. Yep. So list versions, create versions, get versions, delete versions, restore versions, anything you want to do around document sets through the API.
0: Yep. That's actually really cool, but it's a great example of us improving the API surface the day after day and week after week and adding additional capabilities in the Microsoft Graph as well, so kind of gradually transitioning to the um, to the graph to cover all of the main scenarios, which is really really cool. Cool. We already went through what's going to happen this week uh, with Bert uh, Anything else on your mind?
1: No, nothing else. Nothing else. Well, I mean, there is a lot on my mind. Like my mind is always. Being... Yeah, this is but a family yeah. show. So don't. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, and also let's share under NDA with all our friends. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Anyway, I guess that then sums up this week. Um, good. Good, um, good to catch up with Bert. Thank you, Bert, one more time for joining. Um, good to catch up with you, Waldeck as well. Uh, well, we have quite a few meetings already today on the schedule, so which is okay. Uh, my calendar today is just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve, sixteen meetings. So that's good. Um, which is pretty decent. Obviously, I can't take all of them because they're overlapping a bit, but you know, so it's. It's good to have demand, I guess. I guess. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But we'll be back with the next uh, BMP Weekly show uh, within next week. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, Whatever is a chosen method, please use the hashtag BMP Weekly in the the Twitter uh, so we find out all of the great stuff that you've been doing as well. But thanks for now, and keep the feedback coming. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of the week.
1: See ya.